0: This is a Raven Slayer production. Raven Slayer, creating a sex-positive world through adult education. You're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. Join us in a sex-positive awakening, an adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. This is the sex education that you did not receive in high school, but should have. I am Gigi. I'm a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. Welcome. Tonight our show is on safety, safety protocol, and playing with full consent, setting good boundaries, all around sexuality and sexual activity. And tonight I have...
1: Miss Liget Legrand.
0: Liget. Such a beautiful name. I love it.
1: Thank you, Gigi. And how are you this evening?
0: Ah, doing good. (laughs) And we want to explore safety because safety is very important. Whether you're doing sex or BDSM, you want to do it where it feels good and you build trust between each other. And if you do things unsafely, then things can go really south really fast. We <laughs> and don't you don't want that.
1: Want that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so
0: we talked a little bit before we started the show, and I wanted to kind of check in with you. What are some of the safety issues you find really important?
1: The communication i really love it and i find it very sexy
0: and that when is
1: someone can communicate with me
0: so important <laughs>
1: it really is whether you're working in a professional dungeon or you're at home having a great time with your lover it's important to communicate and let them know what you need
0: yeah and then around sexuality it's it's hard for a lot of people to be able to be specific about what they want and communicate it clearly because we have so much of the sex-negative socialization and sex-negative forces that kind of make us shy away from communicating.
1: Exactly.
0: And, But communication can give us... much better experience (laughs) I know that when I communicate with my lover I'm not there to say oh you're doing it all wrong Mm -hmm. I'm there to say here's how to do it even better
1: (laughs) (laughs) giving them permission
0: yes and showing them and learning from them how they want me to touch them and make it better for them too because <laughs> it is so sexy when you can bring out the extra good feelings
1: and the equally sexy sexual energy between two people
0: oh yeah and part of the sexuality each of us has kind of a unique neurological wiring yeah so don't assume it's like maybe you had one girlfriend that liked it hard and heavy down there but not all girls like that some girls like it very delicate and to be warmed up first
1: nice and slow and lots of kissing you never know (laughs) (laughs) that's why it's important to communicate with your lover and if you have several lovers try to know them and get to know Mm -hmm. them
0: and I think some of the things that are very important We talked a little bit about personal hygiene.
1: Yes.
0: And what advice do you have about personal hygiene and being, (laughs) (laughs) bringing out that sexy creature that's within?
1: Well, Gigi, like Mm -hmm. I would say to anyone who is about to explore the lover or metamore or whomever, or you may have several people that you're going to have sex with. Orgies do happen. Mm-hmm. So it's always important to do something exciting like bathing. And I love group bath. Oh, yes. I don't know about you, <laughs> but a group bath can be very sensual. And learning and teaching is a part of that. I and remember. how to be safe and use your words and please <laughs> touch me here, clean me here. That's a, one of the best ways.
0: Oh, yes. And I remember we did a contest one time. How many pagans can you fit under one shower head?
1: <laughs> oh, I like that idea. Ooh. We had a sensual sexual shower at site where everybody was... Naked, of course, and enjoying each other's, and enjoying the view. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one of the young ladies said, I need four hands to clean my my bum, please. Can I need just as many people that I can fit in here with me. And we had about 20 people in the shower washing her. <laughs>
0: oh, <how> awesome. <laughs>
1: It was wonderful.
0: And one thing I'd like to say, because I've experienced this with some men that are not circumcised, be sure to pull down the hood and wash underneath it.
1: That's very important. Oh, yes. I have I have to say again that some women may have larger labia than mm-hmm. most. So it's all right if you open that up, move it to the side, and clean one at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. And clean sex is so much better. Oh, it, it really tastes is. tastes better. <laughs> and it feels more silky smooth when you have given it a good soapy wash
1: <laughs> and cleaning. And don't forget, plenty of good rinsing.
0: Oh, yes. You don't want to get soap in the wrong places. Oh,
1: no, dusting.
0: Or taste tastes bad. Oh, it tastes
1: horrible. <laughs>
0: and on that note, Uh, I know a lot of people use deodorants. Yes. And I usually like to have someone take a shower and wash all the chemical deodorant off Off. before we play. Mm. Because I know some people are very sensitive to those chemicals. And to get them into moist membranes, like I was one time licking the chest and underarms of a lady and she still had deodorant under her arms
1: and it started
0: burning my mouth because I am so sensitive to the chemicals. I got a slight chemical burn and it just ruined the whole Mm. thing.
1: (laughs) Just completely took sexy out of it. (laughs) It turned into something else. Oh, no. So
0: you want to be sure to not only be clean, but not to have perfumes and chemicals on your body that someone may react badly to.
1: Exactly. And I think we also mean lotions as well. Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's just part of good hygiene. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to smell good for your day running around when yeah. you're sweating, but... <laughs> But if you take a good hot shower and get good and clean, oh, there's something delicious about clean sweat. <laughs> <laughs> when you get all worked up and it's getting those sexy hormone juices mixed in with your sweat, that can smell and taste so good.
1: <laughs> and honestly, I find that the natural body scent to be more arousing. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, for clean hygiene and chemicals, that doesn't mean don't put on your patchouli or your sandalwood oil because yeah. some oils are actually aromatherapy oils that oh, good yes. for you. Yes. And these essential oils can help stimulate the mood.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And... It's good to use oils, but always check with your partner first to make sure they don't have a bad reaction to them. Because we all have different allergies and sensitivities.
1: Exactly.
0: So be kind to yourself and to your partner. Be sexy, but make sure you're using something that's sexy for both of you.
1: And not only is it sexy, but it's sexy and healthy communication. Oh, yes. (laughs)
0: I'd like to talk a little bit about, since we're getting all erotic here, safer sex and protecting ourselves and our partners.
1: Yes, and this means also using, whether it's condoms, dental dams, a piece of saran wrap, or sort of about, what
0: is it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Some sort of
1: tape? Yes, if you want to bind people, use tape. No. Um,
0: <laughs> and I use nitrile gloves.
1: Nitric Try to gloves. stay
0: away from latex, latex if you're doing an orgy. Now, with your partner <laughs> that you're familiar with, if they're good with latex, you can use latex. Right. But, but
1: right.
0: From, and I have been in many orgies in my lifetime. And you do need to. Be considerate of other people's reactions to things. So exactly. When you do play in an orgy, uh, or in a, if you seven. come the Sacred Sex Temple, then bring things that aren't going to cause problems for anybody. Because <laughs> the worst thing you want is someone to have a bad reaction in the middle of an orgy, and mm-hmm. have to go wash off... <laughs> And as
1: a hostess of many orgies, I do have to share that I do tell people bring your own supplies, yes. your own <laughs> lubricants, and your own condoms. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have dental dams, well, you can use saran wrap.
0: Yes. And there's <laughs> no latex in that. But make sure it's the non-microwavable. You want to make sure it's non-porous. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: There's nothing more goes <laughs> on your body. It's not sexy. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But for safe, I, I would like sex. to say one thing about safer sex. It's good to communicate with your partner what that means to you and find out what that means to your partners.
1: Your boundaries and their mm-hmm. boundaries and respecting one another.
0: Mm-hmm. But I do know that everybody has slightly different safer sex guidelines
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so you want to be on the same page before you go into a play scene and not find out oh i'm not supposed to do that i consider that safe it's okay (laughs) if i lick your cock on the shaft but not on the tip and they go no i'd rather you have a condom on first now, to me, it's safe to know. I'm taking minimal risk, Looking, and I like the feel of the flesh in my mouth. But for some people, they want full protection even around the shaft.
1: Yes, Borders. So be
0: specific about your safe sex guidelines that you follow and find out what specific safe sex guidelines your partner follows.
1: And not every one of your partners are going to be exactly the same. So again, that communication, that safety net, it is so sexy when someone is able to share with me what they want Mm -hmm. and what they need because I want to give it to them. Yes. However that means, especially if it means adding a barrier or something soft and, and, and good and, and know, touch as well
0: and I know a lot of people think oh if I have to wear a condom I'm not going to feel as much through it but there's another consideration and that is would you want the person you're playing with to be afraid and not touch you as fully and freely if they're worried about Oh, I don't want to touch him because I might get something, but if by putting the condom on, they go, oh, it's okay to touch him all over the place, <laughs> and it opens the safety net, a feeling safe and trusting, and saying, "Ooh, I can go all the way down on this." <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> and it does make it a little more essential as well. Oh yes, because <laughs> you want to have that sensual experience with that person mm-hmm. so please if any way if you don't use protection start using protection and see the door will open
0: oh, a yes. lot more
1: <laughs> because i feel that safe sex is sexy
0: oh. <laughs> and one thing you know there are partners and i've come across this a lot of times and doing My work is a sacred harlot. There are partners that are what's called fluid-bounded. They've made a contract that they'll have sex together unprotected, but Mm -hmm. if they have sex with other people, they're going to wear full protections. And so they have a fluid bonding pact where they agree to play amongst themselves only without any protections. And that's totally okay, but they went through getting a full medical workout and finding out is there anything I don't want to give my partner something unwanted? And then they go into the fluid pack. And so that's kind of important, but even in temple, I require everyone to wear condoms or protections, even if you have the fluid binding. It just is a good protocol to follow. Because I don't know who's fluid bonded with whom, (laughs) and some of the younger ones coming in may take a look and go, "Oh, they're not wearing condoms. That means I don't have to." And that (laughs) word—not
1: the sexy protocol that we are speaking of. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) So I require my use barriers.
1: Of course. Especially in sex temple. And I myself, if I can bring this up, with polyamorous couples as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of the polyamorous couples have something that they like to call a primary, which would be their fluid bonded lover. Mm -hmm. They don't use condoms. And they already know each other's medical background. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they still don't go have themselves checked every six months. Which is very important. To do so. And it is falls along the lines of hygiene. Mm-hmm. And that is hygienic and safe.
0: <laughs> and also, there are certain STDs that are totally treatable and curable. There's right. some that are not. Exactly. So, if you catch it early, you can nip it in the bed on some of them. Right. And on mm-hmm. others, you can get or start early treatment early on before the STD gets out of hand
1: (laughs) right and wearing these barriers will help us to prevent the spread of any STDs Mm -hmm. and STDs are not sexy safe sex Communication and good hygiene that is sexy.
0: Yeah And while we're on this topic I'd like to talk a little bit about boundaries when you're playing in a group setting, never interrupt a scene, and don't crowd a scene. People, if people want you to join them, they'll motion you to come join in, but don't just barge in on somebody's playing area. You want to respect the space, and I kind of think of sexuality as a sacred act, and you wouldn't want to go into a church and start talking about the football game that would be inappropriate (laughs) during a service I look at running a sex temple or doing an orgy or even having a three way with other people around you want to have your safe space you want to have your little envelope bubble and I love people watching me but not right up close, you have to give them the space so that the scene stays hot and full of energy
1: (laughs) and remember you're giving energy when you are becoming a voyeur, and what a voyeur is, is someone who is actually observing what is going on in the sexual act, Yeah. never interrupt and I think you're right Gigi, I myself personally will not go interrupt any scene that I see going on. As someone who has to observe and maybe record what's happening because in sexology, this is what we have to do. We have to go and enjoy the group and watch the groups and write down everything we observe. We're not allowed to be within 15 feet Mm
0: -hmm.
1: of the scene that is happening. We can watch and write it down but we cannot join in.
0: And if you're watching and they're doing something you're curious about, wait till the scene's over and they've fully kind of cooled down from the scene before going in and asking questions. And it's acceptable to ask questions just in the right time.
1: And time is very
0: important. Mm -hmm.
1: Remember, it is key to make sure that both lovers both people who are in in the scene have time to get back to their bodies. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll leave your body for a while. (laughs) Transcendental meditation is one of those things that is also in kundalini meditation. It is a sort of sacred sex and a way of leaving the body. (laughs) It is so sensual and so wonderful. And when you see this, please... Give the people air, give them a moment, let them breathe. Mm -hmm. And once they're fully ready to move on, then you can go in with your questions. And some voyeurs even get so lucky as to be invited in to the sex scene. So if you're a good voyeur and you can stand back and just observe and retain what you're learning,
0: And I like to throw in, it's good to observe actively. Don't just take the sex energy. Touch yourself. Feel the erotic charge rising in your body as you observe. It's like I like to tweak my nipples when I'm watching two people. And it gets me all excited. And I'm putting energy back to the scene. I'm not just taking all their energy.
1: Exactly. I was in a in a triangle, my little triad. We were kissing and I just sat back and watched them and they went so far as to pulling each other's pants down and then stopped and looked at me and said, aren't you going to join in? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And it's wonderful to be invited in.
1: Oh, yes, like, but I had fun touching okay. myself, too.
0: And that brings us to the next topic, and that is boundaries. Mm. Respect each other's boundaries and fully negotiate. Obtain informed consent. It's not enough to just say, oh, I want you. It's You need to be a little more specific. I want to lick your body I want to stick things in your body and say oh I want to tweak you right here on the nipple and bite it a little bit talk about that first and it can be hot to tell someone and build the anticipation as you tell someone this is what I want to do with you can I get consent for that I'm and a part of the
1: communication it's Part That's of the wonderful. communication, but
0: it's also raising that energy that, like in Rocky Horror Picture Show, anticipation.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and by putting in that anticipation, you're already raising that Kundalini in your partner. They're already imagining what you're about to do as you negotiate and Determine what you want to do with them. And if you do your negotiations right, the boy's going to be having big drips coming out of someplace. And probably the girl, too. Just from the talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Makes my knickers get wet. <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> I love it. Um, That's important to have that communication with your lover. Yeah. but also being able to share and express that sexual urge and what you feel yes. and what you want from, from them. Don't be afraid to let your lover know, I want you to touch me. I want your fingers inside of me. I want to feel your tongue. Kiss me hard. Kiss me deep. Yes. Let them know. Don't just do it. Let them know. Because that, again, when you share what you want, Mm -hmm. you get exactly what you want.
0: And this is part of developing a sex-positive lifestyle. In a sex-negative culture, people do inappropriate behaviors without asking. They don't set boundaries. In a sex-positive lifestyle, we negotiate and we Tantalize with our negotiations. That's
1: right. And
0: then obtain full informed consent. Right, exactly. And by doing that, we open the door to more trust and to a greater love making experience. <laughs>
1: exactly. And in a sex positive world, we always teach our children what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. It's important to teach them. That it's not just about making babies, but that it is pleasurable and it is good. And when the time comes for them, they'll know when to come to you. Mm -hmm. And again, teaching them how to set boundaries and how to use their words when someone who is sex negative and tries to push their power onto them. We, in a sex-positive world, feel very understanding and very aware and feel very positive about what we're doing for the world. So it's important for us to know the difference when we are talking about children, family, boundaries, sexuality. It all ties in because without sexuality, especially positive sexuality, how on earth are we going to have children? And without teaching them, how on earth are we going to teach them to stay away from the negative? That's unnecessary.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's important to teach sex education. It's appalling that we don't get a good, proper sex ed in this country.
1: Waiting till the fifth grade is not proper sex education.
0: <laughs> well, Start when they're
1: little. <laughs> teaching
0: abstinence only is a disservice. Our bodies are wired to have sex. Mm-hmm. We, it's part of our
1: nature. nature yes. And our drive.
0: We, we have a big part of us that's driven to have sex. And, a child, and we're enticed constantly through multimedia with all these graphic, beautiful pictures that, and scenes and <laughs> sexy people. And then we're told, no, you can't have sex. Well, Not you'll be more strong. sexy if you drink
1: this Pepsi. <laughs> but look at this woman with her mouth halfway open and the bottle is going into her mouth. Sexy? Yes. (laughs) Are we turning into a more sex-positive world? Well, of course we are. (laughs) And we can do that by educating ourselves, communicating, knowing our boundaries, personal hygiene, and sharing with your community. And if there is any sort of problems that you are having, whether you are seeking some sort of help through a counsellor, It doesn't hurt to uh, find your way to someone positive if you are having...
0: Well, I was about to say, you know, there's physical safety and we've covered that in some detail. But there's also what's called psychological safety.
1: Psychological and and emotional safety. And emotional safety. Yes.
0: And these are both... Boundaries that we need to establish with Mm -hmm. each other, Mm -hmm. what is safe within what we're doing.
1: Right.
0: And if a trigger is accidentally hit, how do I handle that? Right. And if you come to my website, I have two training packages one's on crisis intervention, and the other is on suicide intervention. Excellent. And these two training packages are both free of charge and they are there to help train you what to do if something does start to go wrong, how to intervene in a very positive way and de-escalate the situation if it starts to escalate. And so safety is important. And I also go through some techniques on how to avoid a crisis in the first place, which is even better. Mm-hmm. You don't want a <laughs> crisis. Not at all. Jumping in. <laughs>
1: and sometimes this psychological trigger can spiral into a crisis situation like you shared. So what are those? What is that website again?
0: Oh, it's RavenSlayerLeather.com. R A V E N S L a i r, l e a t h e r dot com.
1: Dot com. All right.
0: And go to the video tab, and you will have both the crisis intervention and the suicide intervention, both in place. Mm -hmm. And these are tools to use. Hopefully, you'll never need them. But if you ever need them, then you'll want to already know what's in this training. It will give you the tools to handle just about anything that comes up. bad.
1: And that, to me, is sexy, folks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'd like to talk a little bit more about, especially in the BDSM community, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it attracts people that are mentally imbalanced may have some mental health issues yes and I get approached from time to time and the person something about the person and the way they're approaching me something feels a little off and so I'll ask them have you had some traumas in your life have you experienced either sexual or emotional trauma from your childhood and if so have you sought out counseling and treatment for that?" And if the answer is no, I'll say, well, I'd love to play with you, but I want to play with all of you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play with someone that's a little bit off or in balance. Go and get some counseling, resolve these issues, and then come back and we'll play together. It <laughs> and it's
1: sexier when you put in the work. and. Better for everyone, safer for everyone, Mm -hmm. and communicating all of this. Even if you're not sure, if you're unsure, go and have an evaluation done.
0: Yeah,
1: it's not going to hurt you. All it's going to do is make you more attractive to the people within that community, and in the BDS community, sometimes people walk in with all sorts of skepticisms and they're not really sure exactly what to do (laughs) so the best thing to do is educate yourself if you're unsure ask questions and if you think you have some sort of mental blockage or emotional blockage speak to your counselor and i believe LGBTQ. L-G-B-T-Q. (laughs) There's so many letters now. Yes,
0: Alphabet Soup.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alphabet Soup. They will help you. They have counseling, and some of it's free. So go and And, find out.
0: And I would like to forewarn, if you're into BDSM, when you talk to the center to make your appointment, let them know that you're into it and that you want a counselor that's BDSM-friendly and knowledgeable. To get a counselor that's not knowledgeable about BDSM, it can sabotage the counseling session because they're not going to know how to guide you because they don't understand the healthy process of BDSM.
1: And here's the unsexy part. It's true that at one point in time, counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists were taught that BDSM is a mental illness, but of course it is not. It's a lifestyle, and now we have to make sure that we find the right counselor for you.
0: Yes, <laughs> and counseling is important, it gives you some tools to improve your mental health,
1: your perspectives,
0: and your emotional health. Mm. And I know everybody goes through that kind of normal wave of having days you wake up thinking, feeling on top of the world, and then other days you feel kind of, oh, I think I want to just stay in my bed today.
1: Right. You know?
0: So we all go through kind of a cycle of feeling really good at times mm-hmm. and then feeling a little down in the dumps at
1: Right, times. there's days when they put it in America you're the statue or you're the bird
0: <laughs> and so that's perfectly normal but when it gets to the point where you really get depressed or you get feeling so good that you start doing things that you later regret then you need to seek out some counseling either of those things it may be just that you you're feeling less energy and less energy each day and feeling like, oh, I just life is such a struggle all the time, then you may want to check into some counseling and exactly. get some help. And there's nothing wrong with getting some help and learning how to feel better about yourself and feel better with yourself. <laughs>
1: I believe it should be a requirement for all people <laughs> to have someone special to talk to. Mm-hmm. Even if it is someone who is, you know, just like you are, into the BDSM community, it doesn't have to stop, reach out, find mm-hmm. a friend. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I know we've got uh, several things we wanted to kind of cover tonight. And what is the safety I think...
1: protocol tonight?
0: Well, I think part of safety protocol. There's several things. First off, I think setting good boundaries is important. Mm-hmm. Not just for yourself, but for your the space you're playing in. Right. Whether it's just you and like your partner, or you and several partners, you want a safe environment. Exactly. And you want to have boundaries. Where can I touch? When can I touch? And you want to continue to get informed consent throughout oh, nice. your play. And it doesn't mean you have to stop and say, Oh, I want informed consent. <laughs> Sometimes informed consent can be nonverbal. It can be through signals. When your partner's opening their arms, welcoming you in, that's saying okay they're ready <laughs> if they're kind of stepping back and kind of blocking you with their body language then you know okay I need to step back a minute what's going on mm. so we can have you know nonverbal cues that help us realize okay my partner's all for this I know that when I'm spreading my legs wide open my partner's now I'm ready <laughs> if I've got my legs all crossed and huddled up and then they know okay let's step back a minute
1: body language body
0: language will save so you a important. lot for the continuing consent as you play
1: exactly it's just like reading energy yeah Exactly like reading energy. And there is a spiritual aspect to this Mm -hmm. boundary of actually listening and communicating with your partner. Mm
0: -hmm. And I know that when I do my communications and set my boundaries right, most of the time they spread their legs for me wide open and invite me in, and that's so... Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's sexual. Uh-huh. And
1: there's nothing wrong with being a sexual creature. In a sex positive world, whenever we have our safety protocols in place, we're able to dig out more of what is inside of our sacral chakras.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I look at sex as a sacred act. It is. And when you have a sacred act, you want to come in with the attitude of honor and respect.
1: Mm, there's and, nothing sexier than that. And
0: valuing the person you're playing with oh,
1: is an yes.
0: amazing sexual creature
1: yes.
0: that lives within a body temple. And I look at the body as a type of temple. Oh, yes. And I want to honor it fully by setting boundaries and setting some protocols I'm giving full honor to myself and to my play partners
1: and this allows you to be more res- resourceful yeah and accepting
0: and it opens the door to new sexual heights because part of reaching a state of ecstasy it requires trust it really does. if you don't have the trust you're going to be blocking it you're going to be shielding yourself from it You're not going to totally open up to the experience. Mm -hmm. And by setting these safety protocols and setting safety guidelines and boundaries with each other and honoring those boundaries and safety protocols, then your partner will open up more fully and you can open up more fully. Oh, yes. And as you open up more fully, you reach a more aesthetic experience
1: oh there's nothing like it. <laughs>
0: I love it and so oftentimes we think oh safe sex and safety protocol that's so boring I don't well, you know let's just get on to the good stuff but actually it's about doing this that we get the good stuff
1: exactly <laughs> and there has been several times when I've had to say no I don't Mm -hmm. want to be with someone like this. They're not going to listen to the safety features. I like the safety features. It makes it more sexy. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. And also, you have also mentioned in the past to me That you use these safety protocols as well in your professional life in the dungeon. Oh, yes. Yes, and you treasure your subs, is that right?
0: Yes, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Please. A good submissive is a very precious commodity. They're hard Mm -hmm. to find out there. I mean, too often I get subs that are whiny or so needy, and I don't want a whiny, needy sub. I want a sub that wants to really serve and worship me. And you mm-hmm. can't worship someone when you're whiny or, or needy. And so, when I do get good subs, I value those subs. Mm-hmm. And I want to take good care of them. Physically yes. and emotionally and spiritually. And I want to take them on the ride of their lifetime, and I can, because I'm good at what I do. I've learned and spent many hours studying and learning about how to be sadistic in the right ways and how to punish someone to where they are just eating it up and wanting more, Mm. and it's partly through Doing a full negotiation, obtaining
1: informed consent—is that right?
0: Obtaining informed consent, okay. And doing a complete BDSM interest evaluation. Ooh. Finding out what they like. Oh, that's And What are off limits? Because, like, I've got been with players that needle play is totally off limits for that person. Mm But I've got another person that just loves it, wants Mm. me to stick them like a (laughs) pincushion. And so determining what an individual's interests are in BDSM, you can play within those interests. Yes. And what I've discovered is that when I play with informed consent, not just consent, but informed consent, knowing what that person wants what's off limits, then a new trust builds between us and they will take more of my sadistic punishments Mm. and we're having (laughs) just revel in it and serve me with a very concentrated attention to my every word
1: Mm.
0: and they will follow my orders and trust that I'm taking them in a good place. Because I did my work. I set the boundaries. I established the boundaries. And I set the safety protocol that I won't play with this particular person mm-hmm. with this set of guidelines and boundaries.
1: Very important.
0: And that's how I, as a dominant, honor and respect my submissive. Mm. And it goes both ways. Yes. And when I honor and respect my submissive, what does that model to the submissive? They want to return it. Right. And they will honor me and respect me even further because I gave them that gift to start with.
1: And you checking in on them periodically yeah. to make sure that this is what they want
0: mm-hmm.
1: is very sexy. Yeah.
0: Ooh. And I'll even say during a spanking scene for instance.
1: <laughs>
0: I've been spanking you for a while. That bottom's getting lovely shade of red. Can we go a little harder? Will you take five really hard ones for me? That's obtaining consent Ooh. as well as building anticipation during the scene. And it's within the context of the scene. And when they look up with their big round eyes and go, yes, I'll take it for you, mistress. (laughs) Then it's like, oh, so delicious.
1: (laughs) And it gets me wet in the knickers again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's making sure when you check in that you have permission to do so. Yeah. And that is a part of respecting and treasuring yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: And I find that to be insane.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) And, you know, I've been able to take people into very intense scenes where they have flown deeper than they've ever flown with anybody else. Mm. Because I take the time and I work them up slowly. I don't just dive in, uh, do a proper warm up, get their body ready for it. Yes. And get not just their body, but their headspace.
1: Exactly. And
0: I work with their headspace. I say, okay, submissive. See that toy cabinet? I want you to pick out six toys and put them on the table here. And you (laughs) better get one heavy and one light. If it's not heavy enough, a play toy, then I'll go pick some out. (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's consent. another way of obtaining consent, informed consent. consent. They're handling the toys. They're going, ooh, this one looks vicious. Maybe I might get this other one that's a little less vicious, but still vicious. Right. And so they're picking out what you're going to use on them. Mm. And then that way, you're getting nonverbal consent.
1: Exactly.
0: Now, they're not going to pick out a toy they don't want you to use. Right. Now, they may be a little bit afraid of the toy. Exactly. I've had them once a this And said she kind of turned to me and she said, Well, I think I want you to use this, but I'm scared of it. And I said, Bring it out anyway. <laughs> right. When I use it on you, I'll start light and build up. Yes. And that's the other thing is that any toy can bring intense sensations Mm. or gentle caresses it's all in how you use the toy
1: exactly
0: and i can go a whole range in between
1: (laughs) (laughs) and again this does you know help create the bond between you and And the
0: power exchange
1: oh the empowerment is so important you're putting it into your subs hands how are they going to take their punishment and with what tool yeah this is so sexy
0: and then when i do that what they're doing the subs looking at these toys they're looking at them closely they're thinking about the scene already just by picking out which toys Mm. i'm preparing their mental headspace for the scene yes and all of a sudden they're getting eager to have it used on them Just because they're handling it, they're thinking, ooh, how's this going to feel when he uses it on my body? How's this going to hurt? Is it going to take me to that place where I'm flying? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they're thinking about the scene. They're anticipating the scene. They're preparing themselves. Sexual euphoria. (laughs) It's a type of ritual we do. And think about it, even in the vanilla world, When we're about to go out on a date, we go through a whole series of rituals to prepare our bodies and our headspace for the date. We don't sit and watch a violent TV show right before we go on a date. That would be the wrong headspace. Exactly. If we're seeing someone being mutilated and violently...
1: That's uh, destructive BDSM.
0: Well, well, I'm just saying for a vanilla day, you wouldn't right. want to watch something or a boxing match where there's all this blood and gore.
1: Again, destructive. You, but,
0: but you wouldn't prepare that way to go out on a romantic day.
1: Oh, no.
0: You'd want to light
1: some incense, light some candles,
0: and set up the table for dinner in a romantic setting. Before your date arrives, exactly and do these things by doing these old rituals: taking that shower, getting clean, and getting your body prepared. Also, prepares your mind for the date. Mm-hmm. It gets you in that mood, and you're washing yourself and going, Oh, I can't wait till we start kissing <laughs> and anticipating what's coming." Anticipation exactly. plays a big part it does. in sex and BDSM. and Well, it does not pretty much most human activities. Mm-hmm. We don't just go into anything cold. No. We usually prepare our headspace.
1: Right.
0: And so, well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because that's a good way to set boundaries, create a safe environment, and a conducive environment exactly. for what we're about to do.
1: Exactly, and it gets your body ready for that oxytocin to pump through your body and release any dopamine which is within, they're hiding within you.
0: All those feel-good chemicals. Ooh,
1: they're addicting.
0: Bring out sex and BDSM.
1: Exactly, and remember folks, it's very important. If you have a play party of more than four, (laughs) to be sure that you educate yourself on what to do, who's going to be there. Get to know them a while. Because a lot of play parties and group sex scenes, everyone already knows each other. And they teach each other from the beginning.
0: And one thing I'd like to say about play parties, because I've done a lot of play parties, Mm -hmm. you want to establish good rules for the play party Yes. rules like ask before you touch mm-hmm. negotiate your scene yes. whether it's just a purely sexual scene or sometimes you know we've uh, seen scenes where they negotiated they wanted just to have this big fondling puppy pile but no insertions
1: <laughs> I love that. Just
0: tingling and touching each other's bodies, but but and you can even masturbate each other, but oh, but yes. no oral or genital penetration or mm. anal penetration. No
1: bodily fluid exchange. exchange. Very sexy.
0: Yeah.
1: Caressing.
0: And, and there's another little exercise I found that was very helpful, especially for couples. Ooh. And I do this as part of my exercise training through the erotic body map. Oh. And this exercise is to take your partner's hand and with their permission and masturbate yourself with their hand.
1: Even if you're getting ready for a group sex session? Well,
0: this is more for learning to communicate what you want with your partner oh. and how you want to touch, be touched. And then having your partner afterwards take your hand and masturbate themselves with your hand mm-hmm. and by doing that you feel the subtle changes of pressure that they're using on themselves through your fingertips and you're learning, and how, you're to learning how they like to be touched
1: Ooh. <laughs> and that is very sexy and then
0: you're teaching them how you like to be touched yourself.
1: Well, oh my and goodness. And so it's an
0: <laughs> amazing exercise in non communicating to your partner what you find a big turn on. And it makes the sex so much better. I can't tell you how many people have had come up to me in Temple and say, well, I don't like it when my boyfriend pl- fondles me. He's too rough. but I don't want to say anything because I don't want to offend him. And I say, darling, instead of telling him it's too rough, tell him, I'd like to show you a better way to do this. A way that I would enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. And I know you want to bring me more pleasure, don't you? Yes. And then that way you're not attacking his feeling of, oh, I'm not doing this right. Mm -hmm. You're teaching him how to do it better, Right. the way you enjoy it, and I've even heard guys that say, that come up to me and say, how can I, I, I don't know how to tell my partner, but when she masturbates my dick, she's got too strong a grasp, and, uh, you know, I just want to get it over with, come, so that it'll stop, but I don't want to offend her, and I say, well, do this exercise. Very sexy. Show her how you like to be gripped. Mm. With what pressures. Take her hand and wrap it around your penis. And then start stroking it. And maybe you like slow strokes first, or those real wild, fast ones, or the ones that just go halfway up the shaft. And then slowly build up to going the full length of the shaft. And then
1: Remember, gentlemen. To the head. Our hands can conform to anything you want them. And teaching
0: them different techniques on how you like to be stimulated.
1: Right. Don't just use the hands. Use the feet too.
0: (laughs) This is part of setting boundaries and setting safety protocol. You don't want to sit there and take something your partner's doing that you don't like.
1: No. Just because you don't
0: want to offend them. No. You want to make this a beautiful experience for both of you.
1: Exactly. This has nothing to do with ego. It has everything to do with equality, sexuality, and love. Yes. <laughs> you love yourself enough to touch yourself every and I know morning. That
0: if you've been experiencing this, it's not your fault. We all live in a very sex-negative culture where it's very taboo to tell our partners what we want. And sometimes we feel like we're not worthy to receive the amazing gift of sexual stimulation.
1: Right.
0: And a part of that is through the process of sex-negative socialization. Which we is
1: dangerous. We
0: decide that you want to live a more sex-positive lifestyle, then embrace this (laughs) little lesson. Teach your partner how you like to be touched. And have your partner teach you how you like to be touched.
1: Or how they like to be touched. I mean,
0: how they like to be touched. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) i I love
1: it. I love it. Everybody's going to touch each other in different ways. Mm -hmm. And... All your partners are going to be different. So remember, communication is key.
0: Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from experience. I once had a girlfriend that Ooh. loved When I nibbled her ears and stuck my tongue and licked all around her ears, she just found that sexy. And it was a few minute, months later I got involved with another girl And being polyamorous, they all knew, And I was very open with everybody.
1: And honest. And
0: and honest. And I made the mistake on our first date with the second woman of starting to nibble her ear. And she just kind of, I don't like that. And I realized, okay, it makes a little different. And she just got totally turned off sexually when I touched her ears didn't like the ear touch at all
1: <laughs> but
0: she did love other things and once I started learning what she enjoyed it took off and I think if I tried to pursue it it would have just ended the relationship right there <laughs> but honoring her body and, and her learning boundaries. her boundaries and respecting them and saying, okay, I love nibbling ears, but there's other body parts I love too. <laughs> I'll just go down lower. <laughs> and she loved when I went down lower. And
1: that is, again, very sacred, sexual, primal, mm-hmm. hedonistic in some ways. Yeah. To know exactly what your partner wants,
0: mm-hmm. it doesn't
1: hurt to listen.
0: And in fact, I've got, we'll be doing a show shortly on the erotic body map, how oh. to map out your erogenous sense. And also, before you even map them out, you learn how to identify them, because sometimes there's hidden ones in our body that we aren't even aware of.
1: Uh-oh. And by
0: doing a certain <laughs> couple of exercises, you can discover a whole new vistas on the body map
1: oh my I'm getting hot thinking about (laughs) it
0: (laughs) and I go through a whole training process on how to identify those really awesome places oh my (laughs) everyone take you to (laughs) class well this is going to be a show and then I also do the video training on the website that includes worksheets and exercise sheets Mm. and even a map blank map of the body so you can map out your own body's erogenous sense. once you've identified where they are and then show your partner
1: and it's a coloring page as well for children if you need it to be
0: yeah well, <laughs> this one's got a male with an erection. And the <laughs>
1: well, that's uh, fine too. Yeah. Sometimes children need to know about oh, their yes. own erections.
0: That's true.
1: I have two sons and they both know what an erection is. <laughs> oh, well, that's good.
0: <laughs> and it's front and back, so.
1: Oh, very good. So you How wonderful. Also, on the
0: backside.
1: <laughs> Ooh.
0: And there are places. Oh yes,
1: the The entire body is covered.
0: Oh yes. (laughs) The
1: sensorial experience of knowing exactly what your body needs.
0: Yeah. But the real trick, and we'll cover it in detail in the next show, but the real trick is doing the pre-exercises before you start exploring
1: Mm. so
0: that you're fully woken up
1: you got to awaken the kundalini first. Of course. <laughs> and what she means by that is waking up the kundalini through breath work. And not only breath work, but acceptance and understanding the meditation of where your body can go. I know tantrically when I'm with my lover, we breathe together first and touch mm-hmm. each other's chests with each other's hands. And they call that omnipuri. And what we do is we caress one another mm-hmm. and then we go into this sacred sexual breath. Sometimes we even do the breath of fire, which is fast, repetitive breathing that sounds like... <laughs> which helps us to then have our anal muscles close and it tightens and then we release it when we're ready to breathe and accept one another. And then we can get into our sexual, sensual space. Wow, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and all of this is in part not only setting the boundaries, but in setting safety space, but also making that genital heart connection with each other
1: mm, sacral, sacred, sexual. And
0: bringing the body. sacredness back to sex. Sex is not sinful if you do it right. (laughs) No. It's a very sacred and special moment that you spend either solo, masturbating, or with a partner. And even with yourself, you need to have your own safety protocol. Exactly. You know, you wouldn't want to do things to yourself that would harm or damage yourself.
1: Exactly. learn
0: factual information before you try new things. I used someone that it was scary, some of the things he was sticking in his body.
1: Oh, you uh, wouldn't want to do that without knowing.
0: He was exploring anal sex. Oh. And, and I said, no, go, let me teach you how to do it right. <laughs> go to a sex shop. Get the proper toys. Right. Don't use
1: animals glass. or glass or, or food <laughs> <laughs>
0: or food or any of the things that could cause complications right it be a health risk
1: exactly so
0: when you want to explore don't just jump into it learn factual good information mm-hmm. unfortunately on the internet there's some good information but there's also some really bad information
1: And it's important in a sex-positive state of mind, when you are going to masturbate or do anything that helps you to find and cut out all your inhibitions, it doesn't hurt to say, I'm not gonna limit myself. Don't limit yourself. Find your magnum opus it, especially in sexuality because eventually what you create within yourself is that full acceptance and understanding of what someone else could do for you as well
0: mm-hmm. well any last words we're to the top of the hour already <laughs>
1: <laughs> the show
0: went by fast <laughs> it, was,
1: it was very sexy and I, I'm hot I think that's, that's the end of it <laughs> <laughs>
0: well any Last thoughts or anything we didn't cover that you'd like to cover?
1: If you want to take a cold shower after this, folks, go ahead. Just think about both of us.
0: Or that, or just go drift right off to sleep and have some nocturnal emissions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is Lachey LeGrand
0: and Boy Gigi, wishing you an erotic life full of sex-positive experiences. I find it interesting that adults in our culture aren't provided with sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to adequate sexual education. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. But just like every other human endeavor, Sex is something that we have to learn, but there's so much more that we can experience if we have an adequate sexual education. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join me in a sex-positive lifestyle where you learn how to feel the beautiful creature you are. How to identify and know that you're beautiful and sexy and gorgeous just as you are. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions. That you may have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. If you have a topic you enjoy on this show, are interested in learning more about sex, and would enjoy a more in-depth learning experience, check out Raven's adult education training videos. They are at www ravenslayerleather.com slash videos be sure to check out the free training offer and explore some of the topics we cover on the show in greater depth by obtaining Ravenslayer sexual education video training programs some of the training includes worksheets and erotic exercises that you can put into use to enjoy a liberating sex life. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. Explore everything sexual. Good night and enjoy.